You are now listening to Out of the Blank. 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 Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Blank Pod. I'm all right. All right. I got you. Come on. You got to tell me. Tell me. I, I want you to be like my grandfather. You've given me enough wisdom throughout these times and talks that we've had. Tell me about the war. Robbie, how many times have I told you about the war? Are we talking about the internal war that's within inside you, or are you talking about my experiences with the war? Because, you know, Everybody has their own perspective of what a war is. So what exactly is it that you want me to dial in on? You Your struggles? Deep on me, quick. Um, whoa. whoa. Welcome to Out of the Blank, folks. I'm glad someone knows the name of this show. I feel like half the time people are like, out of the box. I'm like, wonderful. We'll just call it that from now on. Fantastic. We're going to take this to go. Out of the box. <laughs> <laughs> I get it because it's the delivery system and I hate it. <laughs> Bingo. How backed up are your orders with your sauce? I'm not backed up at all. Not with the UPS delivery or anything like that? Oh, as far as shipping delays? No, it's straightened out a good bit. Um, it's, you know, my two-day priority mail is not two-day, I would not say, but most people have been getting their packages within four days. So it has definitely gotten better. Do you think it was because <clears> of the holidays, but we're about like 20, 30 days past? I think it was a combination of things. I do think it was the holidays. I do know that uh, even within my own local post office, uh, there's been a lot of COVID that has gone through. So it has definitely impacted them uh, at my own local branch. The manager had had COVID and was so overwhelmed there. She ended up quitting after coming back to work. Um, they've had a few other employees within that postal that post office that have uh, gotten COVID. So, I mean, it's been going through uh, how big that's impacted some other hubs. And this is just a very small branch office. So how big it's impacted some of the other units, I, I have no idea, but I can imagine it's been bad. I did just have a package make it to the United Kingdom the other day. Woo. First ever. Woo, woo, woo. Mm -hmm. uh, it's actually another Back to the Future DeLorean time machine owner. Yeah. How common are DeLoreans? Like I was watching that movie and my biggest question was if you're going to make a time machine out of anything, why the hell would you choose a DeLorean? No offense to the DeLorean, but there's a lot of other, like most people would be like a van probably holds a little more like equipment and like stuff, but they put a DeLorean. I'm like, and it didn't look like inconspicuous at all. It was like, you could tell if somebody's driving that down the street, like, yo, that dude's got to go back in time with all that equipment. Either that or he's spraying chemicals. That's making everybody sick. It was the only stainless steel car there was. Are you so it was Is that really the no, answer? Absolutely. That's why doc chose the DeLorean, the stainless steel body. He could have easily just used a refrigerator. I'm pretty sure those are stainless steel. <laughs> True. I wonder what the key fob for one of those would look like. Boop, boop, you know. You have to admit, though, the doors were probably the best part about the car. 
Oh, absolutely. It was, you know, it was not by any means the first vehicle to come out with a gullwing door, but it was very iconic. I mean, that's what really made it stand apart was just that stainless steel body, gullwing doors, the look. I mean, it was very sleek. It was just, it was cool. I mean, even DeLorean and I, they just had the, I believe it was the 42nd anniversary of the DeLorean, 40th anniversary of the DeLorean. Uh, I hope you're right, because if you're wrong, that would be really, really bad, considering you've kind of structured your whole business on it. I know, right? Um, actually, it was 40, because, um, you know, the 81, 82 DeLoreans were the ones that are just most commonly used as a time machine. And so we just rolled over on 21. But, uh, you know, even John DeLorean has, himself said that were it not for Back to the Future, the movie, and using the DeLorean for the time machine, it would not have launched the car into the star and fandom that it is now. Yeah, like kind of the movie made it so popular. You know, how many objects in history can you name where it hits a point where it's just a way of publicity, like it just slipped in under the radar or something where a movie made it so popular that that's where all the credit comes from. Like I can think of Slap Chop or whatever that thing is on those infomercials. The dude who did the ShamWow, he made the ShamWow popular, not the ShamWow itself. It's just a freaking rag. This is the his voice, yeah selling a product <laughs> that could solve so many problems in the world if we just brought back infomercials i think people need that like what did i just watch like you ever see where the person's eating a thing of chips and they're like instead of like going to eat it when you sit down they eat it as they're sitting down but when they sit down it's like and they just throw their hands up in the air and the whole chips go flying all over. Don't you hate when this happens to you? I'm like, I have never experienced that in my entire life. I'm pretty sure people with like the palsy thing with their hands, they don't even throw a bag of chips like that. That didn't make any sense. But yet it's sold. It's sold. So it didn't yes. matter. <laughs> it was, it was, that's the thing. Advertisements were so much clever back in the day. And the only time like people always talk about when are the good ones coming out? You have to wait to the Super Bowl. Like, come on now. Yeah, maybe they're going to come out with a new Dorito that everybody has to have because, you know, where else can you launch a Dorito but the Super Bowl? I think Doritos is dead because what was their big thing was lick your fingers for the Doritos dust and then coronavirus hit. And it's like, that's the one thing we don't want you to do. Like, stop sucking random people's fingers at bus stops who are eating a bag of Cool Ranch. It doesn't make sense anymore. I saw during uh, the football, there was a football game. I forgot who was playing, but they had an intro to it. I'm pretty sure it was the Titans because it seemed like a Titans commercial. Because when it opened up, this commercial just didn't care. Just when I mean they didn't care, I mean, how many commercials seem really sensitive to your feelings as a consumer? Like they're not picking on anything because they don't want to eliminate that audience. This one's like, we got a Ravens floor mat because the Ravens suck. So you can stomp your feet off before you go into the house. And I'm like, bold choice playing that in Maryland. And then it's like, hey, what are you a fan of? Redskins can't call them that anymore. Well, guess what? I'm still calling them that. And we made flags out of it. I'm like, I love it. I love it. It's calling us out. And it's like the best thing. I'm like, this is, this is amazing. I love commercials like this. Absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, my high school team were the Redskins and I still have Redskins memorabilia being the hard hat. And I've got uh, some Coca-Cola glasses with the old school Washington Redskins logo and 
you know, some different things. It'd be interesting to see, you know, is, is that like collector value stuff now? Because oh, it has the red skin. Whenever I see somebody selling a product for something, I immediately think of Napoleon <laughs> Dynamite where he pulls out those salad bowls talking about how they're indestructible and he puts it under the car tire and he's like, you can drive over it. And he drives over it and it breaks. And he just looks, goes, dang it. And then just drives off. I'm like, that's me. If I ever tried to sell something to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. What can we have? Uh, Oh, how about a non-slip hot sauce bottle? A non-slip? Yeah. So it wouldn't slip out of your hand. How often? What? What do you got? Butterfingers? Why is it slipping out of your hand? I don't know. Why would you drive over Tupperware? I mean, come on. <laughs> there are better ways. You got to figure out. You got to prove a point, and by proving a point, you got to make an impossible odd. But maybe you should test it before you do it. I mean, I guess a non-slip hot sauce bottle will work, but I don't know a whole lot of people that are just carrying around hot sauce twenty-four-seven. Don, this is true. Not all of us have holsters. How dare you? But even like out of your hand, I mean, you know, what if it just non-slip textured surface? You make me think of when they say throw salt over your shoulder and in Dumb and Dumber, he tosses the salt shaker over his shoulder and just freaking clocks him. I could picture you at a Waffle House, like shaking a hot sauce bottle, just slips out of your hand. Has this ever happened to you? And you're like, I guess so. Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> Dude's like <laughs> clocked out in a plate full of waffles. Are you going to eat that, by the way? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it's good to see you, brother. It's good to see you, too, man. It's been a while. Been a while. Um, It has. Yeah, dude, I swear, man. I have one of your the note that you sent me with that hot sauce hanging in my room, dude. Doc's Fusion Fuel Hot Sauce. And don't look at me as I looked over and saw it on my shelf to read it off the label. All I know is, great, Scott, it's hot, and that's perfect. There you go. Perfect, yes. We got to rebrand yes. you. Such as? What movie would you, if you could, go back in time using a DeLorean or any other vehicle that would be better suited for time travel, what would you choose besides the DeLorean or the Back to the Future theme? Would you choose maybe Jaws? You know, it really was my intent to just choose a movie theme you know, to put the hot sauce around. So, wow, I don't know. Um, I don't even know that I would pick a movie. You know, I've been asked that before, you know, would I choose another 80s theme movie? You know, why not stick to 80s themes? And number one, I don't want to throw my face out there to get sued by everybody's lawyer because I'm, you know, trying to bust on a franchise. And that's, that was not my intent at all. It was just, well, you know, the backstory, you know, I worked for the guy with the time machine, Ohio time machine rental, and he knew I made hot sauce as a hobby. And he was like, Hey, you know, maybe we could put the two of those together. And that's, you know, how that marriage worked out creating Doc's fusion fuel hot sauce. But um, I don't know that I would do another movie. Uh, I wish I had a bigger bank account. I've got I've got recipes. Um, I'd love to pull out another label and another recipe, and it would be, you know, along another character within Back to the Future, or maybe even totally do something different and not even touch like a movie theme. And let's say it's uh, the Flintstones, you know, why not? Dude, uh, yes, that was, you look, know, people I mean, say, hey, do you like Rick Moranis? <laughs> I love him from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I said, what the fuck is that? I know him from the Flintstones when he was Barney Rubble. That's my Rick Moranis. <laughs> 
Okay, so I'm going to go way back, and I'm going to go back before even that. And a lot of people are like, wait a minute, what? Second City TV. It was the Canadian equivalent of the old Saturday Night Live. Second City TV. You need to check out some old episodes of that. John Candy got a start on Second City TV. Um, Harold Moranis. Um, it, it, it's awesome. You'll love it. I mean, it is it is very cool. But anyhow, he came from Second City TV. But yeah, I mean, like, why not uh, Bam Bam Hot Sauce, you know, and somebody's now writing this down and going to rip on it. But, you know, I mean, there's a lot of possibilities. Why not? Cartoons, cartoon characters. I mean, that would even be easy to do, too. One of my favorite and the ultimate cool for me was the Pink Panther. I mean, the Pink Panther was just the epitome of cool. So why not do cool but i like know, jacques Cousteau, but i like the stephen martin version of him because i'm like that's an actual detective like that's one that could be like oh like i just come across looking as like the perfect detective or like a, a back winger but really i just stumble across these on accident I'm like that's me to a t yeah anything steve martin anything yeah steve martin i didn't even know he hilarious. was uh i didn't know he was a um comedian until like four or five years ago i found one of his old albums at a thrift store and that's what i talk about rare finds man like that's a whole era that like during coronavirus has just been like totally neglected this thrift shop because i mean you're not supposed to be shaking hands why would you want like a coat from like your some random dead guy or something but i mean to me it's a great place to find album artwork i have a bunch of old albums i even have an album of bill cosby before all the bad stuff and it's just his young face and it's like yep. If I were young or if I something I'm just looking at and I'm like, you could sense the evil presence in his eyes, like just staring at you. Nobody's ever that happy. It's jello. Jello. Lots it's of jello. jello. How can a there's very few people <laughs> in the world, and I, I consider you one of them, where you can assume an item based on them. Back to the Future, I think of you. I think I've said that in enough episodes for you to know that I I have a whole new love for it because of you. But Bill Cosby, Jello, Ric Flair, everyone knows. Woo! It's you gotta. Ha that's that's how you know you made it in life is when you have a distinct thing to you. Bobby Brown, cocaine, easy. Right, give me another one. For a person, sure. What do you Mike, got? Mike Tyson, face tattoo. Nice. This is a fun game we could play. I could say a person, and then you tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. But then, you know, is, is it just a perception? Because what if somebody else said it was a squeaky voice for Mike Tyson? What if they said wife beater? What? I mean, there's so many different <laughs> things that could be said <laughs> for associations. <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> you say wife beater, I think Ike. <laughs> That's the name that comes to my head is an Ike. Ike. <laughs> yeah for instance you know who when i say a failed member of the trailer park boys you know exactly who i'm talking about very true a man can only wear one ring sir come on now i saw that i like all right i'll just start talking in the third person and we'll see where it goes from there <laughs> uh yeah but like you know i don't know it's like trivia like trivia trivia games i'm what are you interested in I, I, well i'm just saying that 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 line of thinking is more like a trivia game because it, there can be multiple answers 
you're you're into the psychology aspect of things. I'm about to go dig deep with you. Well, I, I can show you my T-shirt today. I'm wearing my the time machine doctor is in time travel help five cents. You know, it's kind of like the uh, rip off from. Uh, That's all. Oh, it's it's oh my goodness! <laughs> it's Charlie Brown. <laughs> That's why I said to that note earlier, it's like, yeah, the strategy psychologist is in. The strategy psychologist. Now, do you think people buy things because they want them or they actually need them? Well, there's both, obviously. But, you know, back to the infomercial, you know, you need this potato chip bag holder. You need this Tupperware that you can drive over. Yeah. Okay. But hold on a second. How much do you actually need though? Cause I've been doing an experiment with a can of tuna. How much of the can of tuna do I actually need to feel full? You know, how much food do we actually use and, and how much gets thrown away? Like people go to a buffet cause they don't know how much they want, but with a can of tuna, I was doing a quarter of a can each meal. Eventually I cut thought from what I needed was multiple cans to just one can lasting throughout the whole day. Which is actually two servings. And most people don't know that. Okay. Can of tuna is two servings. Two servings of what? You on your nutritional label? Yeah. It lists servings. Yeah. So for your daily required needs, half a can is one serving. serving. Correct. But I would do a quarter of a can, so I would have four servings. Correct. Making so you are not doing a full serving. Making it last, son. Right. Then animal crackers, I tore the shit out of them, dude. I was tearing them up like it was nobody's business. Because people look at like, like I said, you'd have to have seal animal crackers over tuna because you know you're feeding the fish to the. <laughs> I look at like because people like brainwashing doesn't exist. Like I hear so many people say that, and you know me, I go off a little bit about the government, but I'm like I don't consider it brainwashing. Maybe it's just a form of hypnosis. But they gave you a word that makes advertising. It, yeah, they make they make it sound like brainwashing, like they're doing this torture like clockwork orange with your eyes open i'm like no it's just there it's it's hypnosis they're just throwing advertisements at you everywhere you go now is an advertisement me talking to you right now i'm going to get an advertisement about something that we say in this podcast sure but that's that's people though i mean that's you that's me where we constantly with that where we constantly have our minds going on how can we use something or how does it pertain to our lives so you know you're you're able to pull those things out of conversation you know i mean i've, I've seen it with your guests they're like oh my gosh you just pull these things and then you've got me talking about the war or my grandpa or a phobia that i have or my favorite flavor popsicle growing up you know and i think that's more of a line of thinking as far as like you were saying you know, being able to pull it out and use it for advertising. You know, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, you got a new boom mic hanging in front of you and you got somebody on there that knows about sound and they're like, dude, did you just get a new SP 500 or, you know, or whatever it is. And, and so all of a sudden you can use that for advertising. So <clears throat> I think that's the subliminal uh, appeal is always going to be there for certain people to be able to pick up, pick up on it. Do you think that makes sense? Yeah. Do you think, but do you think some people are more susceptible to advertisement than others? Like some people are like not oh, about absolutely. it or something. Like, I don't oh, know. How many, I don't know how many people like say something like, did you see that on TV? Did you see that on TV? It's like, well, I don't watch TV. So then the advertisers have to find a new market for you. But like, 
it kind of scares me with the idea of technology, which I kind of have like a fear of, like, I think they could do some amazing things with it. But the fact, like, if you get a neural link into your head, what's going to stop them from putting an advertisement in that neural link. So when you're sleeping, you get an advertisement in one of your dreams. Like you're about, sure. you're in a hot tub with some of your famous people that you admire through history, Abraham Lincoln, fucking who else do you admire? Uh, let's throw some let's let's throw some Hank Aaron in there because uh, we're you know right today we're just uh, we're mourning the passing of Hank Aaron. So um, I, I let's throw Hank died. Aaron today, know. bro. Yes, um, it's the twenty third. Okay, Hank Aaron. We're gonna throw him in there. Then David Hasselhoff. Fair enough. Okay, um, it's about I don't know. I'm trying to judge who you would really like to be in that hot tub with you that wouldn't make you feel sexually uncomfortable in a good way or a bad way i guess it's all the perception of what you're feeling um <laughs> uh let's you would you want jfk in there you got abraham lincoln do you need another president um a president jfk wow no because i'm thinking that this is going to get sexually charged at some point if we've got jfk in the hot tub so i said jfk see. not bill clinton <laughs> you also said you can take it which way you want it to go so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh wow back to who would we put in the hot tub um let's throw mario andretti into the mix why not let's go for a race car driver let's hear some backstory from mario andretti Damn. All right. I'm, I don't follow. I don't follow Mario and Andretti. I'm not in, but why not? All right. So during this whole entire scenario, he's going off about talk about his races and about his most dangerous race where he thought he almost lost his life. And then JFK is over there talking, you know, the, the past is in the past and society and all, whatever the hell he's saying. Then an advertisement pops up and it says fucking Pepsi. How pissed are you going to be? Uh, during the best part of Mario Andretti's story, a Pepsi advertisement comes up, and it won't let you skip until 30 seconds. And then after that, they give you another one that's three minutes long. You're already pissed. You've already lost the momentum. You can't remember what Mario was saying. How upset would you be if that happened? Wait a minute. Are you talking about YouTube? That's what advertisements are like, right? <laughs> pretty much yeah exactly <laughs> yeah we're already there you know i mean it's 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 kind of like oh, you ever pick up a read a magazine yeah so you know why did it become common practice that we have to finish the story at the end of the magazine on another page after there's been seven other stories that have started you know i i, I find that annoying it's like when, really when can become, we just when did it become common practice for tabloids to print out lies on the front of a cover then really get to the truth in the middle of the story just for you to be able to pick up a magazine kind of like watching the news and realizing that most of it is dirty laundry and it's attention grabbing it's the same thing you're telling me the you news know, isn't real news uh, I, that's a blanket statement no, you, you want to retract I don't agree that? With that. You want to retract that? I'm not like saying most that... of the CIA documents that were released on the UFO shit that I'm pissed about. 
there's a lot of news to be avoided. I was ready to see aliens. I was ready to hear all this stuff about aliens. And then they released the CD-ROM and they gave it to everybody. But then they expect you to transcribe it. And they knew that nobody would know how to transcribe this old CD-ROM disc. But some dude did it and put it on his site. And I'm like, here's the government posting up something about aliens on a site where people click it and they would be like, this is complete BS. That's a slow golf clap for you because that was a good play. But then you start looking through all the CIA documents and everyone I've sent it to has legit said, that's a lot of reading. I'll wait till someone dumbs it down. I'm like, if you go to NASA's website, they have a link to that website. And I'm like, yo, you guys did it in the best way possible. You found the guy with the tinfoil hat to preach all your secrets to. You're so- Exactly. It's so- Oh, it's like they're playing chess. I'm like, you guys suck, but you're awesome at the same time. Yeah. 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 UFO tales. Have you do, do you do you believe though, honestly? Dude, I told you I my wife and I were out in the backyard this past fall before winter really kicked in and had a campfire going out in the backyard, just just chilling and uh, I miss seeing the sky from when I lived in Arizona because it's just such a different broad expanse. But anyhow, sitting out in the backyard, just watching the stars and every once in a while, I see a satellite because satellites are very easy to pick out. They have a very specific pattern. Um, but I saw the most bizarre light ever. And it, it, it intensified or let's see, it started out bright and then it just slowly blinked out of not out of an existence i mean it just it got dimmer and dimmer as it blinked and was going in a straight line but then it came up in another area and went from dim to brighter in its blinking pattern and then shot off at a very strange angle and got as bright as could be and just stopped and it was just it was unidentified for me. I could not identify what it was. It was unlike anything I had ever seen before. Um, I can remember growing up as a kid, my father had a telescope and we were looking at stars one night and he had actually tuned in on one that we thought was a satellite. And we were able to get it into close enough view in the telescope to see that it was actually a cylinder piece from a rocket because we could see it tumble end for end through the atmosphere, which was totally cool. But this light that I saw, I just I just couldn't tie it to anything. So I think for us to believe that we are the only creatures, beings, inhabitants um, would be just bizarre. I, I, I cannot fathom that we are it. Yeah. I, I don't. The um, I was because I was listening to an astrophysicist talk on a podcast because I was studying for an upcoming one with an astrophysicist, uh, and just so I knew what I was kind of talking about. And um, as I was listening to him talk, like he was talking about, like in 1939, it was Truman that was supposed to release a document or like a publish a book or an article that happened to do with extraterrestrial life. But then he got, he went, he became an ambassador, then got busy with the war with the Nazis. So then it was never fully published. And how many presidents have hinted at it? How many presidents have hinted at this thing? I'm just hoping that if there is, and they did release the info, 
it's very, very disappointing to look at all the CIA stuff because a lot of it's just redacted where you're it says like saw a light in the sky, couldn't explain it. And then it gives you a date and then it's like end of the article because the rest of it's blacked out. And it's like, all right, right, I get it. You know, they're not it's not the idea to warn us. It's the idea that if they're going to give out their UFO intelligence to us, it's going to get leaked to our enemies at the same time, which is like, shouldn't we come in a common pursuit? Like, I hope if aliens reach down here that the freaking Freemasons, everybody comes out of the woodworks, gets as freaky as they possibly can be, and they just help us fight these things or do whatever, where it's like, I mean, come on now. How much of a secret society can you be when another species comes down here? Wouldn't that be interesting? Let's open up all the secrets to where there's no more secrets. Wow. Do you think people could handle it? No, absolutely not. Could you handle it? I, I don't think that I would be surprised. I mean, I don't, yeah, I think I could handle it because I don't, I'm not, I don't deny it. Okay. How about if an entity, a Dr. Manhattan figure came down here and said that he would answer one of your questions, what question would you ask the man? Hmm. I'd have to go biblical. Being brought up as a preacher's son. That's why you're so suppressed. Oh my God, we figured it. No, I'm just kidding. What What would you ask him biblical-wise? Would you ask him about Adam and Eve? What would you ask him? Uh, I would want to know, is God's creation of the world what is to be believed? deep one mine would have been like i want to know what's in the colonel's secret herbs and spices recipe because that thing is kicking um but that's a deep one i mean because every like i use the colonel sanders bucket to go gather eggs from my chickens every day and i tell them either eggs or legs ladies do you really do you think they get it probably not probably not is that cannibalism I do tell them eggs or legs, ladies. What's it going to be today? Eggs or legs? Eggs or legs. All right. I mean, <laughs> if you think deeply, they're like, because that that God question. Everybody always points to a religion. Everybody points to science. It's always two sides fighting the same thing. Who's saying that we're not all saying the same thing in different ways? Right. Oh yeah. No. I. I, I yeah. I totally get that. It's hard. I'm trying yeah. To, I'm trying to. Think I, you know, I watched a. Uh, there's a show on Netflix called. Uh, I think it's called his Genesis real. Um, and it's very interesting about the flood that it, you know, the earth is not millions and billions and trillions of years old. You know, that carbon dating is not uh, what we know it to be that it was even possibly thought up or set up by an atheist. So you know, now if all of a sudden we find out that dinosaurs were only tens of thousands of years ago instead of millions of years ago, um, what does that do to the spin on history? It's an interesting, it's just a very thought provoking show. But people always say, like, dinosaurs, for instance, they're extinct, but there's 
they find dinosaurs all the time. They either relate them to like gators or something like that. But there's dino fish. There's a 600 million year old relicant that sits in the bottom of the ocean in Africa. So it's like to know that time slows down the deeper you get into water to where the, the is really the revel of time is kind of constructed off the sun. So like Stonehenge, for instance, all those little pillars there, it's just a clock, you know, the yeah. way that time has been constructed is based on what that person's idea of what the day and night were supposed to be. So if you look at sun representing time, you start to realize it's all bullshit. And then it gets, <laughs> it gets down even deeper than that. When you figure out we have a doomsday clock, like a legit clock that points down or counts down to doomsday. Like I saw that thing. You don't even want to read what's on it, dude. It's like minus 60 seconds when Trump became president. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, Freaking doomsday clock on the world has a bias. It has a political party. That's what's even more nuts. Right. <clears throat> Expiration dates become uh, self-serving. <laughs> I'm about to say, how many times have you opened up something after it's expired? And it's still pretty freaking good. Oh, yeah. Many, many times. That's why I say don't trust the salt team cracker, because even after expired, that thing still tastes the same thing. That's right. You know, it's like the old age old debate on the hot sauce groups. Do you put that in the refrigerator or do you leave it out? Does it freaking matter if you're still consuming it? <laughs> you know, and it's interesting because being a hot sauce maker there, I get that question asked as well. And um, I do not have refrigerate needed on my label, on my new revised label because it does limit whether or not it could be put out on a table in a restaurant setting because restaurants do not want to pick up your stuff from their table and have to put it in the refrigerator every night. So, you know, you think about it, ketchup, mustard, that stuff sits out, but there are hot sauces that do have ingredients such as egg or a cream or something that should be refrigerated because it will go bad. So, I mean, I can, I, you know, I, I get that. Or it will at least prolong the color. Um, Just like but, a Chinese restaurant, people have this rule that to sell if it's an authentic Chinese restaurant, not an American restaurant, is if they serve um, fortune cookies and also if they have their hours posted out front. They never have their hours posted out front. That's an Americanized mm -hmm. thing. So I was wondering if you go to a restaurant – how many major ones do you come across that are selling the same main brand hot sauce? Is that because it's safe than to buy from a regular person? Because like, wouldn't you have better taste or better quality if you could be able to get like, it's probably why it's got to be so hard for you to get a distributor or be able to distribute to a, a restaurant or something. If you don't know the guy or, you know, if it's a business, major corporations, like you're not gonna be able to get your sauce in the golden corral. People are like, no, we only deal with Pepsi products. You're like, well, why the hell are you selling RC Cola? It's like, I don't know. They're still stuck in the seventies. Or that's what their distributor carries. Um, <clears throat> cost is another thing. You know, I can't compete with none of the artisan sauce makers can compete with the guys that are out churning out, you know, millions of bottles of a, a major brand name sauce. I'm not going to pick one. There's a lot of them, you know, and so they're, they're making these sauces for pennies compared to what it costs, you know, another sauce maker to to produce and like for me i have my sauce co-packed it's my choice um and so there's even more expense there so for me to get it into an establishment can be uh even more cost prohibitive just because 
you know, I, I'm in this to make a buck. I'm not doing it out of the goodness of my heart. I, I would like to make a couple bucks off of it, but I can't compete, you know, to to go into some restaurant settings because of the, the price that I would want or need, it's just not going to come out. Um, especially right now with COVID. I mean, that's something that I'm dealing with. Uh, there's a local brewery here in town uh, close by. They have a pale ale. It's a microbrewery and they have a McFly pale ale, which is really cool because it shows the legs of supposedly Marty McFly on a skateboard. It's, you know, it's very cool. And so the eighties themed joint and all their drinks are. So I asked them if they would be interested in using Doc's fusion fuel. So they actually use it in the kitchen and I just sold them a gallon jug of hot sauce. But if COVID were to lift, you know, they're interested in putting bottles on the table because right now you can't have a shared condiment. So, um, would it be cheaper for them to grab a major brand? Absolutely. Would it be but, cheaper to put your stuff in like the little ketchup packets that you get, like the singlets, be able to put it in those? So it's funny you said that. I just had a meeting uh, this week. I was chatting with a local fellow here that has a packet machine um, about packetizing uh, hot sauce. Uh, it's starting to become popular. Uh, Cholula is one that is really going to make it a lot more popular i think because people are going to associate that with it i think that due to covid it's a great possibility to look into um but there's also upfront costs involved you know it's like uh having labels made of course the more you have printed the cheaper your prices are going to be and the packets are the same way you know you get those on rolls and that is my understanding is that's a lot of the price is how many you buy so uh right now i just it's not in my immediate future. Um, I would love to do it. I would love to have packets. I think that it would be a great offering to have at um, hot sauce shows. Um, hopefully those are going to start coming back this year too, but it's anybody's guess. Um, do you not have any regrets like about with the COVID thing of maybe switching a scenario? Like you talked about, like interesting to me is like looking up at the stars mm -hmm. at night. Like I picture you fucking RV camper, whatever, sitting on like the top of like the Grand Canyon, looking up at the stars while you're leaning on a rock, while your foot's on a coyote's head or something like just wondering and contemplating life. Like, you don't, do you have ever thought like what happens if you try something else, like not hot sauce, maybe a different route of things. I know you do the jerky and stuff, but like just a different scenario. You don't, it doesn't even have to be food related. Uh, one, I've had a couple of great jobs in my life. I spent 25 years in the concrete industry driving concrete truck in Arizona. Um, loved it. I, I just totally loved it because number one, my office had wheels and windows. You know, as soon as I left, uh, I was my own boss, basically. Um, I also trained concrete drivers for 10 years. And, uh, I'm, you know, me, I'm a people person. So I always got to meet new people. Every time I pull up on a job, there's new people to talk to. It might be somebody that I just saw a couple of days ago or that I see three times a week, but it's always new and new experience. So um, I always loved the people aspect of delivering concrete, uh, whether it was the same guy or a new homeowner, and then to be able to give them advice, you know, and help them out, and you know, jump into that whole psychology realm of, uh, oh my gosh, really, I didn't know that. So the more water I put in this, the less strength that it's going to have and, you know, different things. So contemplating uh, life from the edge of the Grand Canyon with my foot on the coyote's head would be pretty cool. Um, I could definitely get back into driving easily. Uh, the transportation industry, I think, will always be 
huge, you know, as a, as a need everywhere. Uh, I don't know if automation is really going to jump into affecting that per se, um, but driving delivery, I would definitely look into getting back into that. One of the most soul fulfilling jobs I ever had was delivering for a flower shop. It was just a blast. I, I loved it. Um, I got to deliver a little girl, her first rose and teddy bear one time from her dad, you know, or um, taking a bouquet of flowers to somebody that had no idea why they were getting them. It wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't a special day. It wasn't mother's day. It wasn't their birthday anniversary or anything like that. You know, it just, somebody thought of them and they got flowers. And I mean, it's just, it's cool to be a part of that. And it, and it always was, uh, we had some local contracts here where we, uh, I delivered to some estates and it was, uh, it was just really cool to see some of the different areas. But um, I think that was one of the biggest draw for me in driving concrete truck too, was just constantly going to different areas, um, ranches. Um, I mean, it's just Arizona is so desolate in places you could drive for an hour and a half um, and maybe not see a building. But um, were you always like that though? Like as a kid, because like, I'm trying to look at myself from like, I guess, back in the day compared to now and i was wondering if somebody offered me the choice of having like a billion dollars or something what would i do with it i would be obviously back in the day i'd probably be not even back in the day a couple of years ago i'd be buying like a nice house a bunch of nice stuff in it you know pool waterfall going into the pool just a bunch of crazy dumb stuff i didn't need probably isolate myself from people a little bit but be like the best house on the block type deal but then now if you ask me that I would get a small little place probably in like the woods somewhere where I wouldn't really be bothered a little setup like how I have now. And then I would just try and start nonprofits. I have no clue where that came from. I have no clue what the nonprofits would be. It wouldn't be for something mainstream. Like the blind can take a seat for a minute. I'm going to find that like the other people, like the ones like dude, like dude's got half a foot and all these other rare type, like nonprofits that aren't out there. Like I can only see red color reds. Like I'll pick that guy. I'll make an organization for those. But like my whole perception of things has just changed. I think it's like a factor of a lot of factors, but also like listening to parenting podcasts, hearing a lot of like trying to understand more perspectives on stuff really changes my answers on a lot of things it's kind of scary to see what it might be like in like five years from now you know speaking of nonprofits, i could easily jump into making designing sauces to give to recovery homes um i don't know if you watched the show on netflix um we are the champions and it would talked about the uh some of the chili heads in the community doing hot pepper championships and that kind of thing and how much they can sustain, you know, and, and a lot, they opened the door to making it public that, you know, there's some chili heads out there that are, were recovering addicts, yeah. you know, because of that part of your brain, I mean, you, you're addicted. It doesn't matter what it is. If it's toothpaste, mouthwash, alcohol, meth, or hot sauce, and you're just looking for more, more, more. Um, and I can totally relate to that having been an alcoholic. And so and now I'm, you know, I'm using tinctures and it's just a, an extract of chili oil and I love it. It's a burn. It 
even my wife's like, you'd like that? I'm like, yeah, right now I got two mason jars in the basement. I'm trying to make my own. I want to, I want more. I want to see what this is like. But I could easily see myself designing or uh, creating recipes just to give to recovery homes, outreach centers. I do give some of my sauce to a local outreach center here. And uh, it's a, it's a men's group home. And because I know what it's like to go through those struggles and they want something that, you know, burns and makes your skin tingle and your hair stand up and you you sweat a little bit. And I could totally see doing that. Uh, there's a, another local lady here in Columbus that uh, I think hundred percent of her proceeds go to, um, homeless cause that she supports you know so i could i could definitely get on board with that um, it'd be fantastic to find a backer that you know hey here's the money what do you what do you want you need peppers you need glass you need what do you want to do here what do you want to call this you know red dead redemption i don't know what it would be called it just you hot know, sauce I mean, for humanities yeah i mean there'd be so many different so many different possibilities there and at what level because even addicts are going to want different levels of what they can withstand you know i just um, look at like obviously money is a big thing that we kind of need to survive but at the same time a self-worth or an idea of worth within oneself such as like i was at the store the other day and a woman had looked over at me and said excuse me sir and i had my hoodie on like i had my hood up over my head like i always do and i looked over and i had my mask on so you can't really see and she goes you are a man right and i'm like in my head i'm thinking i should say the joke did you just assume my gender but then in real time i thought she wouldn't get that so I said, yeah, like, what do you need help with? She goes, can you just reach those little two small little milk jugs? Like the ones, the handheld ones you would take like with like a serving of milk urn and you would just drink it. Like if you were road tripping or something and they were on the top shelf, she couldn't reach. I said, sure. I just grabbed two. She goes, the two right there. And I handed, I said, these, and she goes, yes, 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 thank you. And it was like the biggest sense of like, thank you. I have ever received over something as simple as milk where it's like, oh, like you don't realize like people are afraid to ask for help sometimes, even when they might need it. And it's so simple to just do something like that, that could actually affect a person's life. And it was like trying to understand and see more moments of those, because I think the world shows you everything that is not that when really it's happening a lot around us. So we shouldn't be numb to the idea of it. Like we see a lot of things in media where it's like defund the police or riots or all these types of stuff. And I'm like, that's happening. Sure. But it's not the whole entire system. It's not the definitive answer of everything. We're actually pretty well connected and there's a lot more good interactions than there are bad, but what are you going to get in views when it comes to a good freaking action a bad one's going to get you a hell of a more following mm -hmm. gratitude a lot of people need a lot more gratitude in their life or the ability to see it you know i was, I was surprised even today um before i jumped on here i told you i was going to go run over to the post office and drop off some packages i'm fairly close to the local branch here <clears throat> and it, it's always amazing to see the people that are in total avoidance of you due to covid or the ones that actually stop back and hold a door for you you know, and I'm, it, it's just interesting to see the differences in people because there are still those people out there. They're, you know, it's like, okay, I'm still an arm's length away and you're still an arm's length away. Why can't I hold a door for you? We're, we're meeting that six foot requirement. It's not like we're hanging out here and, uh, you know, going to drop our masks and uh, have a conversation next to the copy machine. So, you know, what's the matter with holding a door for somebody? 
you know, and it's, I don't know. The biggest there's, shock there's too to me much was, of a fear. Yeah, the biggest shock to me was at the start of this thing when a woman had dropped her purse, like a bunch of coins out of her purse onto the ground. And as I would normally bend over, pick them up, I went to do that. And she screamed at me, no, I don't want you getting COVID on my coins. And I'm like, okay. So I watched this woman just pick up all her coins. I'm like, I get it if you're that scared, but at the same time, I don't want it to be a thing where somebody can't help a person that drops a bunch of groceries or drops something and you can't, you know, have that essence or urge. I don't want that to be breeded out. I don't want that urge of trying to help when you see something like how many people do you come across where they're young and they just don't, they weren't taught the respectful manners, I would say, but somebody holding open a door doesn't even seem like logic to some people. Like, it's just an idea of like, you're going to go right in because all you care about is yourself. It's like, you didn't even have a thought to, I was right behind you. You didn't even have a thought to keep it open. It was like, oh, sorry. And then kept walking. Some people just don't have that thought of doing what we would call manners or saying, please, thank you or anything like that. It's kind of just like, it got neglected along the way. I was like, I think not, it's not my job, but I sure as hell call you out if you do something stupid like that. I'm like, hey man, you're welcome. Welcome for what? I held the door open for you. And that's what you say is you say, thank you. So I can say you're welcome. Yeah, that and chivalry. Chivalry is still out there, but it's not as common as it once was. What are you trying to hold a door open for like a woman or something? They go, what do you think? I'm a just because I'm a woman. I can't do it myself. You're like, no, I didn't. I watched. All right. Here's a good show recommendations. The Orville. It's like a Seth, uh, Seth MacFarlane, the creator of family guy. It's a star Trek parody, but it's so close to black mirror. Like you watch it and you're like, this is exactly what's going to happen in the world. But I was watching family guy last night before I watched that. And they were like, how people will like choose to ignore just to not get involved in something. And it was Joe, Joe, the one in the wheelchair had to create a distraction. And they're like, Joe, what are you doing? He goes, watch this. Nobody ever helps a cripple. And he gets on the ground. He starts screaming, help. I fell out of my wheelchair. And he starts screaming. And the cops are like looking purposely looking away. Like, Oh, I don't hear anything. I don't hear anything. He goes, see, I can scream as much as I want. And they won't look over here. We got about 15 minutes. And he goes, help. No, it's not even an act anymore. I'm really crying. And the guy goes to look and he goes don't look or we'll have to help and it's like it's true like people just don't want to get involved sometimes when they you know someone else they need it yeah it's yeah it's sad it's funny you said orville um i know another guy in the delorean community that works on the set of the orville and he is supposed to when they start refilming the next season take a bottle of my sauce because he's got some sauce and take a picture of it on the set so I'm looking forward to that happening in the future. Have you seen that show before? <laughs> um, I'm sorry to say no. There's a thing. Uh, they went to this planet and they had an up arrow and a down arrow on their chest. And it was people could upvote you or downvote you. And when you got a million or 10 million downvotes, you got corrected, which is where they shock your brain and basically make you like a numb person where you don't have any emotions or anything. And it was mm -hmm. all on the perception of social media. Like they went to go rescue their two scientist friends that went there like a month ago and lost contact with them. And they were like, oh, those people got downvoted. Well, what happened? Well, see, there's this picture of them not giving the seat up on a subway to a pregnant woman. And like, you look at it and it's like, they didn't even know she was there. Like it was just the perception of how you saw the photo and whatever inference you make. But some person put a picture of it and said, jerks, don't let seat, don't give up seat or whatever. And it was in the complete wrong way 
when really it was just them not seeing her. And then they downvoted them. I'm like, how many times you see something on social media, someone gets misconstrued. I'm like, that is a perfect example of where we're going to go into the future. That show points out the flaws that we follow that nobody ever wants to address. It was so spot on. Yeah, Control, 1984. Kind of sounds along the lines of the movie 1984. 1984. I know Orville, I talk about him a lot, where he made War of the Worlds. He he literally predicted so much of this. And I think either we're following that blueprint, like we follow a lot of blueprints, or it was so ridiculous that he tried to think of the most ridiculous thing, and we just somehow went with that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of times it's very easy to project uh, thought into people and it's, you know, it, it becomes followed. You know, you've, it, it gets, it reaches out far enough that you have people that have the mental capability to make those things happen. And then they've got within their circle people that have the funding or the, the know-how, you know, and so it's all of a sudden it's a hands-on operation and you got full circle, the brains and the backing, and it begins to happen. And before you know it, you're like, oh, oh my God, did you see this coming? What do you predict the future is going to be like? In the future when? I mean, I'm not predicting the future, period, bro. You don't want to predict the future? <laughs> Negative. Like, no, like think, I think it's too wide open. I like to think that in like the next year or so, like it's going to get a lot better this year. I know I don't like saying that, oh, it was just 2020 was a bad year. I don't, it, it was just a year. It's your, it's the, saying that confining it to that year, it did suck, but it, sure. it's not. It's not the, it wasn't just that time period. The earth goes through a bad year or something. No, it was just a bunch of weird things happening. But like, I feel like a lot of people are going to be looking at social media and a lot of media stuff with a closer eye. I think people are becoming more aware of a situation. I'm just hoping it's not going to be the downfall. I'm hoping people are going to use it in the best way, which is trying to learn and express themselves, make connections and stuff like that. Like my app idea of like you're mandatory supposed to spend an hour talking to someone every single day, a random person. Same thing like I do. I would have never met you if I didn't do this podcast. And I'm so grateful that I did. So it's like an aspect of like more people could have positive interactions like that. Eventually, people are going to have such an open mind where there's not going to be arguments or debates. As soon as someone says a debate, you're like, you're already trying to win. Like there's the intention of winning there. And when you do a game like that, winning or losing, you're going to cheat. You're going to do whatever the hell you got to, to make sure it all fits your narrative. So you can win, especially in an argument. It's like on Twitter and stuff. It's ridiculous. I'm like, if you have more of an open mind and a more of an understanding, you're not willing to be so, fixed on winning you're going to want to hear everything and just say i understand division yeah um i hope there isn't a civil war in the future for america because we are becoming so divided um i don't think that that's just media playing it, it you know I'm sure you see it as much as I do. You know, it's like seeing the amount of people that will stop to hold a door. Is that due to COVID or is it a really, is it just a change in people, you know, not caring about others, being wrapped up in their own world? Um, you know, they're just in their phone and oh, thanks and walking on through that door that somebody just held for them and not, you know, like you said, you've got to prompt them. 
you're welcome, <laughs> you know? So uh, I hope we don't continue to have more division. Uh, I, I hope that there is a continued unity um, to see that, you know, we've all got to get through this. It's like you saying, you know, 2020 suck. I, I get it. A lot of people have lost a lot in 2020, but I also look at the good that I've seen happen in 2020 in my life. And I'm not, you know, I'm not dismissing those that have lost loved ones or anything else. I, I mean, I, I understand, but like you said, every year's got bad. It's what do you choose to focus on though? Um, what are we going to do if the vaccine doesn't take care of it? We've got another strain that's quicker and more deadly. I mean, what are we going to sit here and mope down that road of possibility too? Because it's it's possible. Nobody can say that it's not possible, but we have choices whether or not we're going to sit here and worry about it day after day after day, you know, instead of taking the opportunity to hold that door for somebody or, you know, at least offering to pick up the change for somebody. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go your own way, whatever. I mean, but, the number uh, and study of percentages of people that have experienced way more depression just this past year with being on lockdown and stuff. It's like, it's not good because you shouldn't be stuck with your thoughts 24 seven. And especially when there's no way of fighting and being able to do anything to get rid of that. You're just marinating on like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. And it's a bunch of like failed stuff. And it doesn't make sense because it's none of your fault. You know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. it's crazy because I started seeing so much pushback from like senators and state representatives of their state that were like, we're not doing this. Like, we're not shutting down again. And it made sense. But then like, it all goes down to social media too. Australia is going to be one of the first countries ever to ban Google. Like that's happening. I don't know what the hell you're going to be able to, for those people down there, like good luck on fucking Bing. Like, I guess like, but the whole aspect of like Google takes a, it's a giant monopoly company that takes over everything when it comes to advertisement re revenues for other sites and businesses where it's a giant, giant financial hurt. And mm -hmm. they don't want to go with new regulations that Australia wants to set saying, Hey, you still have to give advertisement money to the people that sites that they're going through that. And Google's like, well, just pull it from your country then. Like, you, we got to put our foot down and start to realize, like, a lot of the self-business owners like yourself, that you're trying out here. But it's hard when you're setting up everything for them not to be able to even do a single move. You know what I mean? It's like I'm giving – we're playing checkers or something, and you only have one piece, and I got the whole board. It doesn't make sense. You're already starting off with, like, a hurt leg. Right. Yeah, I don't know about – Googlers, monopolies are good to some ex. Well, a monopoly's not good, but I, you know, there's got to be some uh, some freedom there, some leeway for the little guy too. Um, power, the abuse of power is what's bad. I don't know. There's just so much going on in the world. I, I you know, and the future. Where do I see the future? Wow, I don't know. It's crazy. You know, I talked to my dad and he'll be 80 this year. We, you know, every time we talk, he's like, well, you know, I don't know what I'm going to see in my lifetime. and I could be dead tomorrow. Well, yeah, I know, dad, I get that. But we're definitely seeing a, a shift to the negative, I think, um, in personalities, um, in opinions, even the downside of social media 
you know, everybody's using, not everybody, there are a lot of people out there that are using it as a negative platform for their voice. It's just somebody asks a question, hey, what do you guys think of this? And the first thing is dismiss it, dismiss it, dismiss it. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying everybody's that way, but you see more of it. People are less afraid to post those opinions of negativity. It's like, what are you going to do about it? You can't see me. I'm over here. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, bro? You know, Keep you're not going to come at me. <laughs> exactly. It's just, it's, it, I don't know. I hate to see the negativity grow. Yeah, I'm trying to understand a lot about what goes on with it and why people really enjoy the negative aspect of things. But it's like whenever you see a Facebook post of somebody saying something and somebody comments and they don't agree, then you just see that back and forth argument between the people posting, you know, this, 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 and people just sit there and like it and just scroll through it and really enjoy it. And I think that's what happens when you cancel those infomercials, when you cancel reality television, that was the whole point of that. It was supposed to be that fake drama that you saw where it was so enticing. Jersey Shore was fun to watch people go crazy. Then you looked at your own life like, thank God I'm not like that. But with all the time you spend sitting on social media, it's it's been a hard thing for me. I only use it to communicate with you and other a couple other people. But the aspect of like when you start caring about that follower number, it is so toxic. And it is the biggest thing to cut off where like – I don't know how many times I'll be getting groceries and they won't message me the whole time I'm sitting and waiting to go to the grocery store. But then as soon as I get in my car, I get 80 million messages, bunch of billion tags. And I'm like the persona or the persona you got to keep up on social media because you think that's what's going to grow or that's when it's going to get for you. I just gave up on it. I was like, I'll talk to the people I want to enjoy talking to and that's it. But doing the, you know, how many people got 10,000 followers, they got to post on their story, what they do every single hour, just so their fans have it. And it's like, that's when you got to learn, like, yeah, might need to cut a tie there. Like that's a, that's a need. Like you can't live your whole life doing based on what your posts are, what your avenue of like, it's like you're advertising on like Facebook. It's like, what's your target audience? Well, you got to make sure you're giving representation here. So people still know you're alive. Like Paul Giamatti. Where the fuck's that guy? Is he dead? I don't know. Apparently, he moved to Showtime, but guess what? He doesn't care. He doesn't care about being in the limelight anymore. He's doing what makes him do his thing. Facebook advertising. That's funny. Um, I did a boosted post. Maybe it was Instagram. Still Facebook. And received no sales due to that. So... Uh, just for all you out there that think that that little promote button is going to get you more. Eh, right, but anyhow, there's better advertising. Um, but, you know, I, what makes me happy is when I see a return customer. You know, I get somebody that comes back and they're like, dude, your sauce is just amazing. It is just, it's different. It's whatever, however it is they describe it, what they like about it. That's what I love is the repeat customer. They're like, I gotta get some more of this because I want to share it with my family. You know, I want to, I want to get a bottle of this. Hey, can you ship a bottle of this to so-and-so, you know, those are the cool, those are the really, really cool orders. It's, it's not just that random, Oh my God, I'm just a back to the future fan or, Hey, I see your sauce all the time on the group and I want to try it. It's the ones that come back. And I mean, it's, they, 
they develop a, a an actual relationship with me because we communicate through Facebook Messenger, you know, and I have a good number of people that, you know, we actually have communication and it's neat because there's, there's a bond there and it just tells me that they really appreciate what I'm doing. And it's, uh, that's what makes it worthwhile. You know, it's like I was saying earlier, it's not, it's not a huge money-making business. I never thought that this was going to be a huge money-making business anyhow, but I love the personal relationships that are developed through it. That's what I hope continues and continues to grow um, in social media, working with the social media for the business. You know, I started looking at the numbers and everything and social media was not my thing at all. My wife can tell you that she's the electronic geek in this family and, you know, she's a programmer and definitely way up in the other end of technology than I am. And she said, you have changed so much. And sometimes it's not always for the good because I have a, difficult time cutting off from oh my god i got a oh i got another order well dude it's like nine o'clock at night so what you know um so there are times where i have to cut off from it because i i am still a husband and i do have a family and you know it's i have to have a life and i have to cut off from that constant need of not looking at what happened with this post or there's another comment or things like that and uh, it can be tough to cut away from it, but I think there's a fine line too of how to use the social media for the business. Um, I do like to try to stay engaged with people that engage with me, but I do also have to have limits on that. Yeah, you gotta. You're basically gotta make sure you're you are selling satisfaction, you are selling something, but at the same time, as much as you're selling something that can be consumed, you don't can't let social media consume you. You know what I mean? Like oh, you yeah. still have oh, absolutely. major important things to look forward towards when it comes to family, comes to aspects of life, but there's people out there that that's their life. That's their thing is social media and all these aspects. And I can tell you from someone like I had Josh on here from two angry cats, you know, he's, great friend of the podcast as well um he has a kind of a small following on instagram but his episode gets way more views than all the others of people that i've had that have fifty thousand, fifty, whatever it's only on the aspect of because you developed actual relationships you have connections with people you know me and you have a relationship rather than me just being like hey here's a coupon code for blank. And then next thing you know, that's it. And that's the only time we ever talk is when you're giving me something and then people are buying your sauce. And it's a, it's a, that's a, that's a work relationship. This is more of a friendship where it's an actual back right. and forth of talking about, like I had freaking my tooth issue. Then you're telling me you got to get a cap on your tooth. And I'm like, ah, like I got right. knocked out. I got a tooth pulled to fucking Adele. Hello. You know what that type of trauma is when you're getting knocked out with an IV and all you hear is hello from the other side. I'm like, gee, zess, like change the song. He's like, you sure? I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling it. And then I was out. But it's a whole aspect of like that connection, that back and forth banner and that chat, that friendship that gets created. I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have met Kelly, you know, our that is a level where I feel like people can find in social media if they stopped caring about the number of followers and care about the quality of what, who is following you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah. Definitely quality over quantity. 
100%. Coming from a guy that posts an episode every single day. I can't, (laughs) I can say that they can all be quality. You just got to put the time in for it. That's right. You cannot create someone else's quality because they have their right to the input. You can only control the quality from your side. Same reason why I could grab your recipe and I could try and create it, but it won't be a Robert Rice. That's right. You can take it in and pay the bucks and have it broken down. But, you know, it's all good. It wouldn't have your blood, sweat, and tears infused with the sauce. That's right. Ew. I mean, does that is that what gets the tang? Like, you ever thought about it? Like, it may be like, whatever happened to that band aid that was on my hand? And then one dude's like, dude, that sauce, that extra batch you made was amazing. It's like, oh, dude, bro, let me tell you something. That is called, uh, I had a really bad splinter, and that's mixed with a very three day old band aid. And you're like, bro, next time, make it four days, and then just walk out. (laughs) Dahmer sauce, because. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, business fails. Hmm. Well, that could be a fun list to create, huh? Dude, to be honest, like how many people like you ever look at the advertisements back in the day? There was one called Crazy Hair, and it was like all these kids would put these uh like the gummy bracelets or gummy necklaces, they would have them as braids in their hair, so they would eat their hair. And a mother just comes up and goes, Let me try, and then bites this girl's hair, and then her eyes start going all crazy. And it's like crazy candy hair was the ad. And I was like, Is it so far off like to something like that happens now? Like where we can just make an advertisement where some dude's like hot sauce put you can put it up your nose and have dude stick dude i got a best advertisement we'll talk off air about your hot sauce because i want to create this and i don't want anybody to steal it from me it's not going to incorporate tide pods is it all right i have another advertisement i want you to (laughs) i was thinking if i grabbed a blank canvas (laughs) grabbed your hot sauce and just sprinkled it all over the canvas, like shooting it at the canvas and all those splatters. Yeah. That's fucking art. If they can get a banana peel or banana on a wall with duct tape, I can do that. And I guarantee you it'll be art, but we'll do it at a distance. So you're just seeing the splatter hit the canvas and people are like, what is he doing? And then it's just my feet. And then you just see me place your hot sauce bottle right in front of the camera and then walk away. You know, if we could just get the elephant down in the Phoenix Zoo to start painting with my hot sauce, then we'd be on to something. My level of intelligence is like an elephant when it comes to my memory. And on that note, I'll be packing my trunk and leaving. <laughs> well, look, you've given me enough of your time, brother. <laughs> Where can uh, people find you at? Instagram, social media, any of the links? Absolutely. Visit me at saucedandglazed.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, uh, website. Check it out. I do have a Back to the Future themed product. Docs Fusion Fuel, Great Scott. It's hot. 1.21 gigawatts of power were used to create this concoction of components. It may not produce a sonic boom, but it will generate a small spark inside of you. It's a fun project. It really is. I also have that. used it's marinated onto some beef jerky made by katie's beef jerky call it snack to the future beef jerky it's a fun product i've also got some time machine keychains some combo packages that have time machine keychains you can pick those up visit the website check it out there's some really cool pics 
give me a visit and a shout out. Check out some more of Robbie's uh, conversations with people too. And if Thank any you. of you guys are interested in having some fantastic conversation, uh, please don't hesitate to hit him up because you just never know what's going to come out. That's just, yeah, scary sometimes, but uh, you never know because wanna, you too might be Bach. I want to, I want to get a, a recording of you doing your, in, or your, uh, your promotion for the 121 gigawatts. Cause you sounded like Walter Cronkite with the freaking pauses. You were like, <laughs> you had these, your mannerisms were so like, just uh, like the, you saw the jaw move. You saw everything. Great Scott. It's hot. Great Scott. 1.21 gigawatts of power were used to page two. Create this concoction of components. Stay tuned for the rest of the story. That's freaking perfect. I'm ending on that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Out of the Blank. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of Out of the Blank Podcast. Now, either you're feeling super great or you're feeling eh. Either way, I appreciate you listening. I do crank out a lot of content. It's not about keeping up with every single one, but it's about enjoying one. And I appreciate your listening. So tell a friend. Let everybody know. Get the whole family together and listen to a podcast. Spread the word. And if you want to leave me a rating and review, I'd really appreciate it because it helps me keep on keeping on. Thanks so much. Thank you.